Okay. Well, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to use this verse to build some anticipation because my topic this morning is about anticipation. Um, I don't know if you... Uh, I, I, I spent a lot of time at recess the last couple of weeks because we have different teachers been out. And uh, this is my favorite time of the year because I get to query the, the kids uh, about their anticipation of Santa Claus. Now, okay, don't hate me. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it, it's so fun to, to, to ask them, what do you think Santa is going to bring you? Uh, and th- there's that anticipation. I was thinking about that th- as I was putting this together, and I was, I was thinking, you, do you remember when you were little? That, that there's, there's a particular year probably where it all came together that you knew that you, you could almost taste the, 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 the presence. Anybody? Remember, you guys, I know, you're, I know you're like old people now, but uh, I, can st- I can still, I don't know how old I was, maybe seven or eight, but you just, you just could taste Christmas. You, you knew it, you, you were already embracing it, and you just couldn't wait. I, I remember a couple of sleepless nights uh, waiting for Santa. You know, it's before they had Santa trackers and stuff, and uh you know, now they have Santa trackers, and you can kind of say, "Okay, yeah, he's over, he's over there now." But, but it was before Santa trackers, so you had to stay up all night. It was no, no messing around if you were if you were going to catch him. And uh, I was telling a kid on the playground the other day, and I think a kindergartner, uh, about how uh, I stayed up all night listening for Santa, and then right before he came, I fell asleep. <laughs> so. Just building that anticipation in them. I, I know we're a Christian school, and I'm 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 ruining children all across the land. But uh, it it but this is part of what Christmas is about: is that things can look really desolate and really dark, and we can miss it. And that's what I want to talk about today, because. I believe that part of the season, uh, it, you know, the, these last few years have been like a wet blanket. There, 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 there's somebody trying to throw a wet blanket on us about what God is doing. Because, see, God is always doing something way before, you know, way bigger. You know, I mean, the, the, the World Economic Forum, they have the Great Reset. <laughs> that, that ain't nothing compared to God's incredible, awesome world's greatest reset. It's called the reset from death to life. <laughs> it's called the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's called Jesus coming again. It's called Jesus restoring. And the, all of the messaging that we get from the world, and I mean all of it, is to try to discourage us away from perceiving what God is really doing. And so I want to I want to read a Christmas story to you uh, out of the Bible. Okay, you guys okay reading the Bible this morning? I know this is I, I know it's it's a stretch. No, uh, but my 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 favorite story it starts right at Luke chapter one, right at the beginning, and it's it's funny that Luke, uh, you know, in all the Gospels, I I try to read a, a gospel a week, 
Um, but in all the Gospels, they have a different take. But when you come to Luke, he's, he, he begins with this uh, story. Once he says, hey, I, I've researched everything. The, everything I'm going to say is stuff I've talked to people. I put, the, I put the microphone in front of them and said, how did it all go, you know, Mary? And Mary said, well, you should see, you know, uh, how it all went down. But anyway, uh, he puts the microphone in, in front of Zechariah, and he tells the story of, of John. Uh, the, the birth of John. And so I want to use this as, as a way of restoring our anticipation because one anticipation is when you take hold of something before it's time. It's not expectation. Expectation is where you sit and, you, and you're, you're waiting. You're like, okay, I know God's going to do this thing, but I'm waiting on it. Anticipation is seeing the prophetic, seeing the promise, and saying, I'll take that. And I don't see a lot of that. I don't see a lot of it in me. I'm not taking a lot of the promises. I, you know, I, I, I want to, but I'm like, well, I better just wait for it. And anticipation is a total different thing. It's like I'm getting a hold of it. Now, Zechariah is not a good example of this. So we're using him as a negative. So, you know, it's like, okay, don't do what this guy does. Because he was not anticipating. In fact, it, it begins, the story begins, it says, there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah. Now, I've said this probably for the last 30 years as I've talked about Christmas times. The days of Herod the king were very dark. They were, they were the wasteland. They were going, we are totally overrun by bad politicians. I have this conversation every once in a while. We are overrun by bad politicians. It is very dark. And so we get in, we, we get in the, the mode of the world rather than the mode of the kingdom. And here's a priest, kind of like a pastor guy, right? And he is taking his cues from the world. In the, in the days of Herod the king, as he tells the story, it's very dark. And then there's this priest who's supposed to be the light, but he did not perceive the time that he was living in. So there was a certain priest named Zechariah in the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years." So here's the setup. Doesn't look good for Zechariah. He's not, his, his world is not something that he's anticipating anything good, right? And, and so I, I want us, you know, when we come to Christmas, and I was saying it last week, that a lot of times we just get into the tradition of this is how it is, this is how it is, and we forget to embrace that God has something new and something special for every season of our life. Okay? You guys with me? Unless... You just think it's going to be the same. And I wanted to raise our, ex, our anticipation in, in this season and as it moves towards the, the new year, because I'll just tell you, I, I feel like people have been beat down over the last few years to stop anticipating the work of God. When the work of God is going to go forth, whether you, you like it or not, I was reading Isaiah uh, ch- chapter 9, uh, talking about, you know, that he shall be called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, king of kings. And it says, the zeal of the Lord will, will accomplish this. You think when God's zealous about something, something's going to happen? Well, in this season of our life, God is also zealous for something. He wants to move his kingdom forward. He wants to see Jesus lifted high. Okay? So that's what I'm anticipating. And how this happens in our, in our own lives, a lot of times we give up on our prayers. We, we, we're like, oh yeah, I was, I was praying about this and I was hoping about this, but it's just not happening. And we lower, we don't grab the promises of God, we lower our expectation, and then we don't perceive it. It's, it's, it's popping up right now. Popping up. Okay. So, let's... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably end up reading the whole story to you, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go this way. Because what, what I want, uh, here's my goal of accomplishing. I want you to get this anticipation of a prophetic outlook. Uh, Pastor Brooks said this morning that one, you know, one of the themes of Christmas is this prophetic outlook. And we forget that God has already called forth a bunch of things. That's what the promises of God, they're all things that God has called forth that have not yet been obtained by us. And we know that they're all yes, and so be it, in God, right? So I want to encourage you that in places where you're like, I don't think God's going to move, that that's the place you should look and say, I'm going to embrace that thing. I am going to take it ahead of time. All right, so... Here's a couple points. We're going to look at it this way. Anticipation sees promises in a new light. When you look at the promises of God for yourself, you know we have promises of of health, right? We have promises of provision. We have promises of relationship being restored. We have uh, promises of of God even restoring kingdoms and, and countries. Would you like to see our nation restored a little bit? A little bit? A, a lot? Do you think that God has that same heart for the the nation? I mean, the people. I you know I'm not I, because His kingdom is over our nation. But does He want to restore His kingdom to our people? He does. He does. Do we not perceive it? No. We read the news. We look at the news, and it says no. It's all going south, and it's going south faster than it was before. And God says, "Wait a second. Did I send my son into the world that he would die and then become marginalized over here? Or did I set him center stage that he would be glorified? We sang it this morning. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Right? That means glory to God in the highest. This is the song that the people, all peoples, when, when they're bowing before Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. When they do that, they're going to go, glory. All right, you getting a picture? All right, so times are tough. So anticipation sees the promises in a new light. And what God wants to do in this season of our lives, and I'm looking at this in my own life because I'm going, I'm not really anticipating much. You know, as it was, as it always shall be. And the Lord's like, what? what? Where is your faith? What do you want to perceive? 
It says right here uh, that anticipation sees the promises in a new light. Anticipation is connected to our vision. What do we want to see for our lives and our community? What do we want to see? That's what we should be grasping hold of because that's part of the promises of God. Do you want to see people saved? Beth and I were talking this week about, you know, there's seasons of radical moves of salvation. Uh, She was talking about her folks, and and since I'm, I'm an older guy too, our generation, we saw people swept into the kingdom. I mean, I, I mean, we literally would witness the people on the streets, and they would get saved that day. And we would bring them home, and we would disciple them in our discipleship house, and we would send them out as missionaries. And, and, and I mean, it, that, that was not uncommon. <laughs> now it's like, do you know Jesus? Sorry, man. I'm out. Uh, I could tell you stories, lots of evangelism stories where people came to Christ. It just was a wave of that. And, and you know, the, the churches were full. I, I was reading a Barna research recently. Uh, so not only our church has less people in it, but every church in America has less people in it. Uh, you know, about one-third less. The whole country. What happened? I don't know what happened. I think the enemies decided, hey, this is a great time to rise up, to discourage people, to help them lose their anticipation and their expectation, and to forget that God is doing a new thing. And so, you know, what's on football? Was that what was playing on my phone? Uh, Yeah, I know, it's the early game. Uh, But see, that's where we go. We go somewhere else instead of what does God want to do? So anyway, uh, God always has more for us. Now, in this story, and, and I love, I've, I've talked about, I've talked through the story so many times in, in my life, but every time I re-research it, it, it shocks me. Now, I want to I give you the, the, uh, the names of the people that are listed here and how they will help us to see this anticipation. So, you ready? Uh, Besides Herod, we're going to leave him out. So, Zechariah, his name means, the Lord remembers. Anybody think that maybe God forgot you somewhere along the way? He forgot one of your prayers? Okay. He was from the, the group of uh, the family of Abijah, which means my father is God. My father is God. Now, when your father is God, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, good things are going to happen, you know? It's like, yeah, my father's Stu. Ooh, that's bad. My father is God. That's good. Okay. Um, from, of course, the, the tribe of Aaron. I don't know if you know this, but Aaron, his, the name means the bringer of light. The light bringer. So, I, I mean, it, it's, it's funny that Luke, he, he, he wants to illustrate each of these names. Then we get to Elizabeth. It means the promise of God. It's the middle name of one of my daughters. 
because she's the promise of God. But another way that it's translated is the oath of God. And I like that word oath. We're, you know, we're not, as Christians, we don't take oaths anymore. But, well, maybe people get married. It's kind of like an oath, right? <laughs> it's like, I promise forever or else. Uh, that, that. But the, the, an oath is like, I promise. Right? The promises of God are awesome. And then John means God is a gracious giver. Okay, that's a lot of cool names, right? All in one spot. And I think about that, how God, when he's about to do something new, he converges the names so that we can see the promise. And anyway, I love that. So as we look at this Christmas season, Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're feeling like a wet blanket or maybe, maybe the sun hasn't come out because it's been raining for two weeks. Whatever you are praying about, the Lord wants to encourage you, pray about it prophetically. Get a hold of the promise that's at the end of this. Okay? So maybe you're praying for your kids. How many ever pray for your kids? Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Forever, right? No matter how old they are, like, I'm still praying for these guys. It's because. And then you look and you're like, oh, I don't know if they're quite getting everything that I'm praying about. Get a hold of the promise and say, Lord, just, you know, call it, so to speak, into existence. Because it's already there. God's already, God's already made the promise. So you're not like, you're not creating anything. All you're doing is going, Hey, there's a promise for my kids. I will take that one. And I will anticipate how God's going to answer that thing in this season. Okay. Um, so then let's, let's talk a little bit more about the story. So, uh, it says, so, well, uh, so they had no child. That was bad. You know, back in the day, you had to have kids pass on, you know, pass on the, the lineage, the heritage. They'd been praying about it a long time, and they had probably given up. Right? They're like, okay, it's over. We're we're giving up. But he goes he goes to to church one day. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Zechariah. Now, I, I could give you the background of, of this. There was 24 divisions of priests, and, and there were so many of them that you got one shot at possibly going into to the, the holy place and being able to light uh, the incense. Uh, and so he, he shows up to work one day, and they say, today is your day. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, I'm in. And so he takes the he takes the, the the incense sensor and he he goes on in and he's it says like this it says the lot to burn the incense fell to him and when he he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour in, of incense you know so they got all these people praying for him I hope he makes it out alive because if you do anything wrong inside there. You know, they had a little chain hanging on to you, and if you started, the bell stopped ringing, they'd have to pull you out. And, and uh, so he's, he's in, he's deep in it, without any anticipation. He wasn't anticipating, he was doing his job. He was like, I went to work, and I was doing my job, and now I'm going to finish, and I'm going to go outside. But God had a different plan 
okay? And I just want to say to all of us, God has a different plan for all of us, individually and collectively, than we can really think. You know, we're just doing our thing, and God's like, oh, this is going to be good. Now, uh, and I, I just, I get the humor of God, because I've seen him do so many things throughout my life. And you look back and you're like, how could you ever have done that? It's impossible that you brought these people at this time or this thing to create this thing. And it's all God. I, I have a, um, one of my staff members, uh, Mr. Kong. Uh, we're always short-staffed. I just want you to know that. As a school, we're always one person down. It's always. I mean, you know, sometimes we're five people down because, you know, teachers get sick and stuff. Um, but, but people have to, you know, they move on for certain reasons. And he, he goes, you know, I've been here for five years now. And God, I don't know how it works, but every time we need someone, God provides them. And I'm like, I don't know how it works either, Mr. Kong. <laughs> I, I really don't. Because, you know, well, I, I do pray. I'm like, Lord, you know who we need next. Uh, and, and, and this has just been a constant thing throughout our life. You know, we, we'd like to have an abundance instead. I'd like to have like 20 extra staff. And so, you know, five get sick, no problem. Okay, you guys are off the bench. Uh, but that's not how it works. Instead, it is God going, watch this. And every time I hire a staff, I'm like, where did we get this person? It's like God had reserved them from all eternity to come and join us. <laughs> okay, maybe not all eternity, but for the last couple of years they've been preparing. You know, it's like, how did I get here? <laughs> and they're thinking the same thing when they show up to work. It's like, how did I get here? <laughs> and that's where I get the humor of God because I'm like, it's God's little joke. He brought you to our, 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 our little thing. Uh, anyway, all that to say, here we are back in the story. Whole multitude of people are praying outside in the hour of incense. Uh, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Uh, I, I like what Daniel said. The new thing <laughs> comes with fear. Because <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what God is about to do in our lives. And, and this word for, uh, it says, the fear came upon him. It's like he got jumped. You know, he's like in an alley, and all of a sudden, fear jumped him. And he felt it. He was like, I'm the only guy that's supposed to be in here. I see an angel over here. And then the angel says to him, but the angel says, do not be afraid. And this is an interesting, it's an interesting way of saying it. He, he says, basically, I want you to jump fear. I want you to jump it yourself. I want you to not just like resist it. I want you to tackle it. He's not just saying, don't fear. He's saying, no, you, you take the opposite approach. I want you to take your fear, the thing you're afraid of, and I want you to rush it. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. And the fear goes, whoa, I didn't think you were going to do that. <laughs> and, and, and gets on down the road. All right, so here we are. 
I just love this story. He says, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Finally, exactly, finally. <laughs> this is, and he knew which prayer it was, but again, he was not anticipating this day. But God was. He's like, ah, why don't I wait till 1230 on this prayer? You know, everybody's like, yeah, God waits till 11.59. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he waits till whenever he wants to. <laughs> but he says, your prayer has been answered or has been heard. Um, and a lot of us, you know, we don't think God's listening to our prayers. We pray and then we pray more. We pray harder, louder. And we don't think that God hears the whispers to you the whispers of the heart. And I bet he probably had stopped praying after a while. He's like, ah, my wife's old. Okay, we're going to be childless. It's okay. I love God. He says he was righteous. He, he was doing all the right things. He was going to love God no matter what. But God said, or the angel says, your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call him John. God's grace. Not something you didn't earn it, just God's grace. All right, here we go. And he tells them some stuff. He says, it's going to be a day of joy and gladness. People are going to rejoice. He's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's not going to drink any wine. He's going to be filled with the Spirit instead because he's doing the Ephesians thing. It's like being filled with the Spirit, not drunk with wine. He's doing it. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before them in the spirit of power of, in, of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Sounds like good news. He wasn't expecting it. <laughs> he was still going, ooh, I'm not really sure about this. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? Show me a sign. For I'm an old man. My wife, she's older. Well advanced in years. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. She's older. Um, and the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It's like, oh, he would get a clue at this point, but he doesn't. Uh and was to speak to you, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to talk until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. <laughs> At that point, the Zechariah said, Bummer. <laughs> that was his last word until his son was born. <laughs> It's like, ah, I was this close (laughs) to having it all. Okay, back to to my points. Okay. What happened during that next nine-month period was he allowed God to restore his hope. He didn't have the anticipation, but he allowed God to do it. How do I know this? is because after the fact, it says he went home and he made love to his wife. Step one. 
step two. She says, I'm pregnant. He's like, hey, this is crazy. Nine months, my wife's getting bigger. Something's happening. And then he starts to anticipate. The angel was right. But he still can't say anything. (laughs) Don't you love the Bible? You're like, this is a great story. And this is exactly how it happened because Luke said with the microphone, this is how it, how did this happen? He goes, man, you would not believe it now that I'm speaking that I saw God doing something every single day for nine months, but I wasn't able to say anything because I didn't believe it. I didn't take hold of that promise when it came. He said, the promise is being fulfilled. And I'm like, what? Show me a sign. (laughs) He's like, okay, I guess I'm not going to let you speak unbelief to this promise. And that's the biggest part of the story. Is because anticipation is not compatible with unbelief. You can't say, I believe God, you know, I think God's going to do a great thing. I am anticipating that he's going to fulfill these promises. And you can't say at the same time, except that he's not going to. <laughs> they don't, it's incompatible. All right, second point, and I'll race through here a little bit. What he did was he, anticipation allows God to restore the hope. God brought the convergence of time the right time for him to hear this message, the people around him. He had the people praying for him. He had his wife and then his niece, Mary, who later on comes and visits. First thing Mary does when she gets her word, what's she say? She says, let it happen. What does Zechariah say? Huh? How's this going to happen? She says, let it happen. Let it be to me. And the first thing she does is she goes to Elizabeth. And encourages her. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Okay. So how, does, how do we grow in our anticipation? The Word of God. When I read this, I'm like, I, before, like on Friday, I was like, I'm not anticipating anything. <laughs> By this morning, I'm like, God is going to do the most awesome thing this year that I, beyond my expectations. Why? Because I'm reading the Bible and I'm saying, as this is happening to him, I can appropriate this for myself. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Okay. Now, with every anticipation comes some opposition. We know that, right? And in our life, as soon as we, you're going to walk out of here and say, I'm going to believe God for these promises. And then five minutes later, you'll have something happen. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I'm not going to believe that hard. I don't want to be disappointed. Uh, But instead, let God restore those prayers that you've given up on. Give him time. You know, it can take nine months. But instead, you just get a hold of that promise and say, I'll take that one. Okay. Uh, Last point I'll put down here is anticipation requires a new language. Okay, 
Um, the first is the language of the promises of God. It's easy to be a Debbie Downer or a Don Downer. You know, you, you read the news and you're like, yeah, it's pretty bad. I think the, the reset will be done pretty soon, you know, and they're going to take all our money and, you know, and then there'll be more bad politicians and Elon Musk will die. And yeah, it's just, it's just going bad, right? That's not the message. That's, that's not the, the language of the promises. The lot, language of the promises is God is just getting started on this thing. The, the resistance is rising. The resistance, you know what the resistance is? I know the FBI is watching right now. The resistance is the people of God falling on their knees and crying out to God and say, let it happen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Okay, that's the resistance for Christians. <laughs> okay, anything more? Don't tell me about it. All right, because we're being tracked. I'm just kidding. See, the promise of God is that I am free. All right, moving on. The language of faith. The reason that the, the angels told Zechariah, you know what? You don't have the language of faith, so I'm going to have to shut you up. Because <laughs> you're not a believer. You're not an embracer. So I'm going to, you know, we're going to do the mute thing so that you can't negatively invest into the world. Now, how many of us have spoken a negative thought this week? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> okay. And so if you're not going to have the language of faith is, I can see that we're in a difficult situation right now, but I believe God's going to change it. If you have that, then you may remain speaking. If you're not going to do that, then you need maybe the language of silence. If I can't say the truth about what God's doing, it's better that I stay silent. Just yesterday I was at a wedding, and I was... And I had I had a conversation with somebody, and I didn't realize that I'd be speaking this this morning. <laughs> and so we got talking politics, or it wasn't really politics, but it was like you know the stations of the you know what what's happening with the world. And I was like, man, it's bad. And then this morning I'm like, no, that's not the end of the message, but. <laughs> If I, I, I said to myself, I am, if I cannot speak the words of faith, the words of the promises of God, then I'm done speaking. You guys can hold me on this, okay? So if I ever get into a state, you know, the state of the world conversation with you, I, I, I'm going to tell you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't care what they're saying on the news. I don't care what they're doing out there. It doesn't matter because God is doing a new thing, and I'm choosing to perceive it. Okay, with that, I won't tell you the rest of the story. You have to read it. But actually, John is born. But you'll have to read it. 
And Zechariah, actually, it says on, on the day of his circumcision, so they would name, they would wait eight days for the child to be named. Um, I won't make you read it. So I'll just read it. So on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. And he says that's. And his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. <laughs> but they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who is called that by that name. And they made signs to the father. <laughs> and what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. He is the promise of God. And so they all marveled. They said, whoa, crazy. I don't understand this. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, praising God. <laughs> Isn't that great? Not like a great story. His very first words are, God did it. That was the lesson for us. So in our Christmas anticipation and in anticipation of the new world, of the new year, I want to encourage all of us to embrace the promises of God. So I put down here a little practice. This will be our practice, and then I'll close in prayer. Um, What promise do you need to get a hold of? Health promises, relationship promises, provision promises. What are you worried about? He promises to provide for us. Get a hold of him. Um, Maybe you're discouraged in your prayer. Like, yeah, Lord, still waiting. Things are getting old around here. Let God renew your hope. And then... Tell your friends what promises you're believing God for. Because when they see it, they will marvel. And they'll say, how did you know God was going to come through? Because I heard it on December 11th, 2022. (laughs) That when I trust the Lord, He will do it. All right. Lord, we are so thankful that now we can have anticipation of what you're going to do marvelously in our life. Uh, I've got some prayers that I've been thinking about praying, but I've been too afraid to think big, to think bigger than the small little thing that's in front of me. And so, Lord, I pray that all of us would have that same lift up our eyes to see what you're going to accomplish. And I thank you ahead of time that as we share our promises around with one another, um, that we will all marvel at how great our God is. We love you, Lord, and thank you that you include us in this great gospel message. We are part of this story. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are part of the story. Amen? Amen. All right. (laughs) Thanks. Those joining us online, 
embrace the promises of God, anticipate God is going to do great things in your life. And we will see you next week. See you later. Bye.